love you. Because every production company needs its own universe. Here comes Legendary's Monsterverse. They needed it. Ba-dum-bum. I, I don't know if that you're trying to be sarcastic because it's a much needed thing in everyone's life. A cinematic universe? This universe particularly. I mean it's better it's better than other <laughs> universes that production yeah. companies have tried to start. Like that uh that Tom Cruise mummy universe. Which I think was also called the Monster Universe. This might yeah, I thought it was gonna be the same thing for some reason. I don't know. The Monsterverse. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think the mummy was going to be part of the King Kong Godzilla that would be weird. Godzilla world. Well, <laughs> that would be so difficult. It would just—it'd be like the storm versus them. <gasps> Godzilla as a mummy. They kill him in Ooh, one of the movies, and then the mummy curse awakens him. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Shit. I mean, but I mean, but they had, but they had like an Invisible Man movie planned with Johnny Depp, I think, and like there was so many... an Invisible Man movie though. But well, they... the, there was, yeah. They, I mean, they made that one, but they had another one planned that was supposed to be I part see. of the the Mummy universe that that tanked. I think that might have came out because the uh, original one tanked. Got canned. Which is good. <laughs> they also had. You know, it had a what was his name as Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, uh, Russell Crowe. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Oh, really? That could have been interesting. I mean, he's got he's got chops. Like he probably yeah. could have pulled two characters. He's in the Mummy movie with Tom Cruise as as Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and it kind of was hilarious. I don't remember much about that movie. Honestly. I do not remember anything about that fucking. I don't even know if I saw that movie. I may not have seen that movie. Have you at least seen the trailer where it's just like uh, the audio, the background audio cuts out on the plane crash and Tom Cruise is just screaming over nothing? <laughs> right. Yeah. That was weird. Oh, was it supposed so to be like that? No, they, I think they just submitted a, a bad cut of the trailer oh. and then and then that got posted online. They're like, fuck, take it down quick. <laughs> but we're not talking about any of that. We're talking about the monster verse. Yeah. Uh, that started sure. <laughs> way back in way back in 2014 with gareth edwards godzilla we're not watching uh talking that movie today maybe someday i mean i would like to do a godzilla play i mean i i so. watched it for this because i hadn't seen it before and you realize what i said when i was just like it's not that good there's like 15 minutes eh, of fun <laughs> yeah they try they made it about you know they made it about the people but yet again they didn't really focus on the people so there was nobody <laughs> focused on in this film but it does set up some things for godzilla king of monsters so i'm glad i i watched it for this yeah but yeah this is our trilogy triumvirate of uh four movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i had told you initially i was like dude you don't have to watch godzilla the, right. the gareth edwards one you can go straight to kong skull island and just watch two three and four and be fine and then i started watching godzilla king of monsters and i was like 20 minutes in and i was like i should text blake and tell him you should probably watch gareth edwards God- yeah, godzilla yeah. if he hasn't seen it <laughs> i i had already decided to do that so i was a step ahead of you and i am glad i did yeah i've watched it once honestly i should give it another go because i'm really harsh on it but i just remember watching that film in theaters and being like did this guy not realize everybody came to this monster movie to see a monster yeah like it's, right, it's like yeah 
people shit on Cloverfield, but that movie wasn't about going to see the monster. It was about going to the experience right. of this monster destroying something. And it was it's interesting. We'll talk that some other day. I'd, I'd love to talk that movie someday. Sure. But, but with Godzilla, you're there to fucking see Godzilla. You want right. to see this. Yeah. You know, there's a... Toho released uh, Shin Godzilla not too long after Gareth Edwards' Godzilla. I believe it came out after uh, Gareth Edwards. And I watched that with the Ronvald the Scald, and we were just riveted because it, it understood that, hey, you want... It, it, it still it fell into that thought that it's like you have to please them with a human subplot, but we are right. going to focus on Godzilla and the evolution of Godzilla and just like try to make him look and sound and feel great and it worked right. so well and then gareth I, edwards just didn't feel like that it felt like it focused on the humans but it did so as you said it did so very poorly and then yeah. when godzilla was around it was like yeah this is fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah i speaking of the look of godzilla though i like the look of him in this in this trilogy of movies i guess he's only in two of them well, no, he's at three of the four. You're right. Thanks yeah. for correcting me, brain mind. And um, <laughs> it's my collective outside of my, my they're gonna, body. They're gonna, I was going to say, they're going to think I just like held up a sign that was just like, no, three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I do like the look of, of Godzilla. I think he looks pretty cool. He does look slightly different in, in the first one. Uh, more dull colors i think yeah but that fucking blue is fucking fantastic and uh he really reminds me of reptar though which i know reptar is based off of godzilla so if you <laughs> if you're a rugrats fan he really looks like reptar in this in this in yeah. these movies. longer neck and it's great especially in king of monsters he's very presence is very well felt Right. And, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Uh, I guess we should talk first Kong Skull Island, as it is the first of the, of the three we're going to talk about. So I like Kong because I I too am a big person and misunderstood. <laughs> Kong. He lives on Skull Island, and Monarch, uh, headed by uh, Bill Randa, played by John Goodman, for ten minutes. He. He wants a, a military escort to go to this island. And when they get there, they start dropping some some booms. And this awakens all sorts of shit and alerts Kong. And he starts killing people because he's like, stop blowing up shit. And that is, I think, the the lead into the movie. I That yeah. was really short. Really short synopsis. <laughs> but... Without like giving away pot shit, that's that's pretty much what yeah. happens. Yeah, you say lives on Skull Island. He rules. That's Skull right. Island. He rule. He is the king of and that, Skull yeah, Island. That's why. Yeah, that's why when these military bitches come in and start just throwing bombs down and with Vietnam time era rock music in the background. Right. Right. Which right. like. Why was why was it Vietnam era? Like, was it just so they could play uh, rock that kind of era's music? Like, it might have been like. like they. Well, maybe like they know that Kong is rock and roll, man, and they just maybe. they needed to be in that era, that that, yeah. that twenty year era, and I don't know. Also, like, I think it made the story with the uh, military 
uh, group headed by Preston Packard, played by Samuel L. Jackson. I think it made their story work a little bit better because he in particular, the, the war had just been called off in, in this story. And his character in particular is like, all that was for nothing then. And so he's he's ready for one more ride, really. He's a little bit of a glory hound, uh, it, it seems like. So he accepts this mission and takes his troop, which when, I really like the joke in the movie where uh, John Goodman says, call in the cavalry. And Samuel L. Jackson said, bitch, we are the cavalry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, they're there because they he wanted really pretty much another ride and they were all yeah. ready to go home it seemed like but that is suited island. it suited john goodman's purpose to go map out this island because he knows right. there's more to it than just scientific developments is like that's their reason for going there mapping things out was to like get developments and some shit right it's really just a silly like how do we get to the how do we get this group of people to skull island so kong can wreck shit up and we can have right. a good movie and it, it's very you know i mentioned like why is it set in vietnam because it, it, it takes a lot of its story from apocalypse now and you know and that that makes it interesting because it's this group fighting up river against an enemy that they really just don't understand right and so it, 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 I get why they, they kept it in the Vietnam era, but it, it really just boiled down to feeling like they just wanted to play rock music <laughs> while, <laughs> while this epic, awesome, scoped gorilla just like destroys <laughs> fucking monsters in the background. But I mean, I don't know. This movie's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I did enjoy it, yeah. Yeah, did we see this one in theaters together, or was this I just think me and Ron we, I think we did see this one together. I, at least I had seen it before this watch. Yeah, yeah. Just I can't remember if we all watched it or if Ron or if Ronald was with us. If it was just you and me, it, it's just it, it's the perfect movie to watch with all of us together because right, our our level of excitement by the action really just like and fu- like fuels us while we're watching it just yes. like it builds our, yes. our adrenaline and we all get pumped and excited and ronvald's reactions is just amazing <laughs> yeah uh, he, he's a lot of fun in the theater he's for a movies. lot of fun in the theater yeah like this in the marvel stuff but this he goes even more crazy over he well yeah be- i mean you go in knowing that you're gonna see a kaiju battle that like that's right. the only thing that you want to see like if if you do not ha- if you have an entire movie where you have less than fifteen minutes of kaiju fighting something right it's not gonna be fun i e oh. Godzilla of twenty fourteen <laughs> yeah uh, and you know I I would have to say going in that knowing that he wasn't in the movie very much honestly made it a better watch because I was able to actually look at these people's performances and like Brian Cranston's in that movie. I don't remember who his son, who's. I think his son is played by Frode, uh, Ford Brody, but I'm not sure. But anyways, they actually have some chemistry for the little bit that they're in, and uh, do a pretty good job. And that opening story with Brian Cranston is done really well. There's some really promising things about that movie. It just I feel like altogether didn't become what it was supposed to be a monster movie. 
Yeah, Kong Skull Island does. Yeah, and, and when he first appears, so it, it, it opens up with a little bit of a prologue where uh, a young version of John C. Riley's character lands on the island during World War II, right. and and so you get you get like a little taste of Kong and his size. Like he comes over a cliff, and you're just like, oh fuck, you know. And it's it's really well realized and. You know, you see, like, the dust pouring off of his fur, and you can see, like, mm-hmm. all these scars on his chest. Like, it, the design of him, I mean, I know he's all CGI, but, like, the, the design of yeah. him is really well done. Yeah, he felt and, real. And then your first taste of him with the, the main group of characters, like the John John Goodman-led uh-huh. uh, scientists and all the all the soldiers, you know, you have all these, these helicopters flying and, and you know you got the the setting sun you got that classic like vietnam war look with the orange sun right. in the sky and everything's hazy bombs are dropping on the ground and then the music just comes to a halt there's a flying tree and yeah. then all of a sudden there's just a mountain of monkey <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> oh shit yeah and you just start like he even just grabs a couple of the helicopters and just squeezes oh man it's some good shit like yeah. uh oh and then and then like later he's like washing blood off of his hands from like the cuts of the right of the yeah. helicopters it's just like you know it's, it's just a nice little touch where you realize that there's more to this than just a mindless creature there's a lot of you know what we would say human in this in sure. this character you know you can relate to kong right yeah like you uh, said he's a misunderstood tall guy <laughs> that's right yeah i totally get it uh, <laughs> um and i think also like they do a good job in this movie particularly because there's you know there's a bunch of other kong movies and yeah it, if you go and watch those movies it takes a really long time for the audience even to get clear that Kong has more of a conscience than just an animal in there. I think this movie does a better job of letting you see that early on before they even explain that he is benevolent. Like they even go so far in this movie to say that. So I, that might be a spoiler. I don't know. But he is uh, a, a good protector monster of the native peoples of skull island yeah and i feel like that's really well felt in this especially when you get to john c Riley's character right because you know you you get to see how he has survived on this island and also how as you said kong protects the people of the island he is he is a living god yeah he rules this 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 land and they they worship him yeah, as you said, this isn't the first King Kong movie. The first uh, movie came out in 1933. They've only made, this is only the 12th, actually no, this would be the 11th Kong film. The 11th King Kong movie. So it's, it's kind of crazy because Godzilla came out. I can't believe it. And, <laughs> That's right, a lot. <laughs> right. Well, Godzilla came out in 1954, and they've made 30, how many, 38, 36. They made 36 Godzilla films. Yeah, but they have all those different monsters he fights and shit, and yeah, where they're like, I don't know. I I mean, I guess Kong fights monsters too, but yeah, just like well, I mean, I don't know. It just Godzilla. I feel like the fan base will really got 
behind Godzilla. And yeah, I think it was really easy for them to really saturate the market with with Godzilla and make yeah. money. Yeah, that's fair. And this isn't even the first time that uh, King Kong and Godzilla fought. They fought back in uh, 1962. There's, yeah, that one's called that one's called King Kong versus Godzilla, whereas this is Godzilla versus King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> We're going great things here. <laughs> Good, yeah. They're like, we got to make sure it's different. <laughs> it's got to be different. Yeah, I'll, I'll we'll discuss that more in the when we get to Godzilla versus King Kong. I would say there was no like performance that was, um, you know, worthy of necessarily accolades or anything. If anybody, that would be John C. Riley as Hank Marlowe because yeah. I really <laughs> yeah. enjoyed that character. But we do have Tom Hiddleston is in this movie, Brie Larson, we mentioned John Goodman, uh, Corey Hawkins, and Samuel L. Jackson. We also mentioned. I think they all did had pretty pretty good job, you know, for the this yeah. because they all got a bit of a story. Oh, I I I should mention. Tian Jing too I think she uh had an interesting part of the movie but they never all they never really got very many much screen time to really make up yeah. a, a, a store a, a performance that would be outstanding in my eyes but I thought that that all those stories and their performances were worth mentioning yeah the yeah the group the the soldier group in general like they made a they had very good chemistry together you yeah know, they, they definitely did. felt like a a pack you know they had storylines that you know tiny little thing like with their kid you know one of them was uh reading a letter from his kid or right. writing a letter to his kid and, and it became a recurring joke among them and you know just tiny just tiny little things that it's like it really connected them all and then later on there was the twinge of bittersweet sorrow and and compassion when yeah. they had when their when their stories came full circle or whatever and I, and I really liked it it was it was just nice little touches to the human characters to make right. them intriguing while we're there for the the monster fight right and yeah and it's just and, and i like the cinematography i like the the music this you know i, I like this era of rock like the vietnam yeah yeah it's music's good. always yeah, fun it's good music yeah as you said the the acting is great I, the only thing that really made me sad was i love john goodman if, if yeah. ever there is a biography on my life i know it's impossible but like if i was able to choose the perfect actors to play people i would cast john goodman as my dad because it's just very similar personalities and, and you know i think john goodman acts like my dad at times in some in some movies and he's very very he's in this for like the first two-thirds of the movie like he's in it much longer than i re- thought i remembered him being in it uh-huh but his role is greatly reduced after the first like fifteen minutes. <laughs> it's just kind of just like he's he's really big at the beginning, yeah. and then it's just like all right, now he's just one of the gang, and it's it's kind of sad. It is kind of sad. Yeah, the only the only people who get get really any kind of time to shine is Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston, That's and neither true. of them are really focused on until the like the third act. Like right. they don't become like yeah. the main focus of the movie until then. Right, yeah, and they're there throughout. Um, uh, I I would say that Samuel L. Jackson's character gets a good, a fair amount of screen time, and, and he always does a great job. Yeah, but he's not doing anything like really exciting. Exactly here. Exactly. It's a very fun monster movie with actual compelling human characters, even if they are yeah. very two D and and not uh, exciting. And obviously, I'm I'm really just there for Kong to rip the heads off shit 
and yeah, throw trees the around. Skull, the skull crawlers. Yeah, the skull crawlers. They're a pretty cool villain too. I like you know yeah. these tiny little lizard things that are kind of like monstrous alligators. And they kind of honestly, they kind of look like sperm with legs, because they don't no, have any fair. back legs. They just have front legs. <laughs> and then the long wiggly body with a white head well sperm is is horrifying it is kind of scary it works as a villain <laughs> it yeah. works as a villain <laughs> long snouted and teethed sperm coming at you yeah that would be terrifying jeez more terrifying than skull colors oh god <laughs> and, and you watch this movie and kong comes off as a titan and it's very entertaining and it's just it's fun you know it's it's all monster movie needs to be is fun so i give it three stars that's a good score that's a good score definitely a full-faced movie i really enjoyed this one um it's definitely a sit back turn your mind off and let this adventure unfold um i gotta say i i i really liked I think that it could come off as cheesy, but I really liked the ending with John C. Riley. That was nice. Like during the credits, that yeah. was good. Yeah. It told a little story. You know, it didn't feel like, hey, here's a montage or anything like that. It was nice. I liked that. That might be a spoiler. It is. It is a spoiler, but I'm not going to tell you what happened. I don't think. I don't think it's a spoiler. You just said that there's a, a little montage at the end. That could be a flashback montage. That could be That's a present-day montage. That's His true, character can know. live, die, stay on the island, get off the island. We got to go back from Lost. <laughs> I do I do think, though, I, I mean, I kind of talked about it, but I do think the, the monster design in this movie is really well done. Again, you feel the scope of Kong really well. He definitely, when he interacts with the environment, you feel it. And the skull crawlers, so they're 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 inspiration from the nineteen thirty three Kong. There's a a monster called the two armed pit lizard, <laughs> and I guess that's where the 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 designer of them took inspiration from. But he was also the director uh, Jordan Vote Roberts. We didn't talk about him much, but he was the he was inspired by Spirited Away and other Studio Ghibli films. I can see that. Yeah, their their approach to to creature design was how he tried to approach these creatures of Skull Island. And I think he did a great job. Like above and beyond, loved it. So you ready to move on to Godzilla, King of the Monsters? Yeah. Get your big monsters. Put them on the Barbie. That was awful. That was bad. <laughs> I could I can do a decent Australian accent. That was a bad one. That was very yeah, I, bad. Uh, I just do the good eye might. Good eye might. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> King of the Monsters came out in 2019, directed by Michael Doherty, who I love for uh, Trick or Treat, which is one of oh, my favorite Halloween movies. Yeah, yeah. And so he he just he wrote that, directed that, and then got this blockbuster deal to make Godzilla King of the Monsters or King of Monsters, I should say. And uh, he co-wrote it with Zach Shields. I don't, I don't fucking know who Zach Shields is, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Zach. But uh, <laughs> you wrote an interesting movie here. He did, and it, it is about Monarch, who, as you know, we brought them up in the other two movies. We're we're furthering on them, 
two characters in Monarch. You have Kyle Chandler and Vera Farmiga, and then their daughter, Millie Bobby Brown, who are just kind of central to the plot for this movie because they weren't in Gareth Edwards' movie, but they were victims of the Godzilla rampage that uh, occurred in that movie, I believe. Yes. And now they're the main focus here, and they, they lost a son. They're both kind of torn over... Uh, how to heal from that and one of them Vera Farmiga is a scientist who is exploring how to control these titans how to there's got to be some kind of I don't know telepathic device or whatever that'll emit a signal that allows humans to control them and he's a doctor too but But he's like a biologist no he's not doctor who Yeah, he he opens up taking photos of Fox. That's like the first time you see him, and yeah, it's kind of funny because Kyle Chandler is in uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong way back in two thousand five, and because he is in Godzilla King of the Monsters, he is brought into Godzilla versus King Kong. So he just he just gets whammed into another King Kong franchise as a completely different character. It's so was funny. he the was he the like buff charismatic guy that the movie star guy? from that one man i've only watched it once and it wasn't i think so it wasn't quite riveting to me it wasn't lord of the rings peter jackson (laughs) (laughs) honestly dude i really like that movie it's 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 four hours probably too long but uh (laughs) i i did enjoy that movie uh like i had legit nightmares about the islanders oh shit though they're they're pretty scary I'm willing to give it another shot. I just, I don't know. I don't think I was into these kind of films when I was a kid. Yeah, was, that's fair. I was more, I was more interested in films that made me think. And you know, monster beat 'em up movies—they don't really make you think. They're, they're really right. just like, let's beat shit up. Well, it'll have to wait for our King Kong playlist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, yeah, that, I don't know. Growing up, I wasn't entertained by these, like especially uh, Matthew Broderick's Godzilla film. You know, my brother no, watched that, that a lot. Good. Yeah, he watched it a lot, but I was not not at all entertained. I was just like, I don't care. I watched it once, and I was like, I don't need to see this again. I mean, God, uh, Jurassic Park was different. Jurassic Park oh, Jurassic Park's fucking... amazing. Yeah, watched it, it that me. a lot, too many yeah. times, and and that yeah. would also give us nightmares and then my mom would be like well stop watching that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah here in uh here in king of monsters that's that's kind of the focus is um you have i don't remember the the terrorist group what their name is i don't remember their name either no yeah they, they they kind of break in and kidnap kidnap with air quotes uh kidnap vera farmiga and millie bobby brown and you know they're using them to unleash titans you know and s- release their wrath upon the world right meanwhile meanwhile you have the the monarch team of Kyle Chandler uh Ken Watanabe Thomas Middleditch and Bradley Whitford's in there for some one liners yeah um, yeah i did not like <laughs> how they utilized him personally no no, they did not utilize him at all. He was he was literally just there to be like, here's a funny statement I can say at this moment. And I mean, it's kind right. of the same with Thomas Middleditch, but they 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 try to give him more things to do. Like, 
I love Thomas Middleditch. He's one of my favorite comedians, but he's just kind of there to, again, just make funny quips and then just like put yeah. himself into situations where it's just kind of a joke that he's part of them. And right. it's just like, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of his humor, but at the same time, it's just like, you're just not utilizing your comedians nah. at all. Nah. But their group is trying to get ahead of the terrorist group and save Vera Farmiga and Millie Bobby Brown and save the device that apparently can control titans and they do this at the location where the terrorist groups are releasing Ghidorah King Ghidorah and that's the that's the big battle that's you know they they accidentally free King Ghidorah and now it's like oh shit can we talk Godzilla and the fighting for the humans and that's what this whole movie is about is right can Godzilla fight for the people can he be what we need him to be can right. he be the king of the monsters? Boom. That is the synopsis. That's good. And there's also Mothra in there. And uh, Godzilla and her are hinted to have sex at some point. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know that it's sex, man. We, okay. Listen, I, they, they're like, they have a symbiotic relationship. And it's like, oh, that's kind of nice. But and they had to make a sex joke out of it. They, they, like, they, did. They, they, went, they went the length to be like, wait, you telling me that that thing and that thing did things? And it's just like, come yeah. on now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Such a low bar joke. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I haven't really watched any of the classic movies because, uh, like you said, it's not. it wasn't my go-to thing for sure. Yeah. I've seen the original Godzilla. So you don't know about the the Mothra movie, then? No, no. I just all, all I re- I, mean, I only watched it as a kid. I, I literally just like uh, remember a a guy in a rubber suit, like right, you know, yeah. very very obvious and very enjoyable and very. <laughs> yeah, well, the, I don't know what their relationship is like in in that movie, so that could just be made up for this. We don't know. I decided not to research it because I figured at some point we will watch those movies because why not? Yeah, and I don't want it spoiled. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like where I feel like this movie differs from Skull Island is it's in the scope of the monsters. And where Kong feels very real, you see like dirt and everything shake off of his fur and you see all the cuts (laughs) on him. Godzilla and all the creatures just look like rock. They just look yeah. like they're just like these big CGI bulky gray monstrosities and like their scope is felt. There's so many great moments where you have a wide shot of the scenery and you see Godzilla just like massive and but like but the wide shot is super far away so like right. even though Godzilla's massive he only takes up like a third of the shot and then you see all how tiny all the buildings and everything right. is around him. Yeah, they do some good shots in this. Yeah, yeah, it's really beautiful, and I I, I want to give Michael Doherty so much applause for that alone. Like that vision is great, where you where you feel the epic scope of Godzilla through his size, but the up close details are just kind of bleh. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not like whenever they get close to the monster, except for the the blue fins, the the scales. But like everything else, I don't know. It just it doesn't look great. It just kind of looks murky. That's fair, though. I do like all the monster designs. They're pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh man, Ghidorah is yeah beautiful. Like legit scary, and also like just has that 
ah, like legendary mythical feel to it i fucking love Ghidorah. it's awesome Mm -hmm. and also the firebird or fireless whatever rodan yeah they're cool uh, and there's a whole bunch of other monsters that pop up. We talked about Mothra. Mothra's design is also really cool, much cooler than I uh, would have thought it would be. Yeah, when she when she enters the battle, like it's beautiful because yeah. it's just like you know bright, beautiful lights and her shimmering wings. Like you know, yeah. it's, it's really well well recognized. Like the scope of them is great. Yeah, and the designs, as you said, is great. It's just when they get those up close shots. If they had just gone more practical for up close shots, like I think it would have been greater. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, spend the money. Opportunity, in my opinion. Get the 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 animators from Jurassic Park. The the I excuse me, not animators. The the android mechanics. (laughs) Uh, Engineers. I guess they're probably engineers. Uh, get them in there and be like, hey, make us Godzilla, please. <laughs> <laughs> we we just need, you know, enough. We don't need the whole Godzilla because that'd be scary. Right, just build the head right now so that we can just use it for a close-up and make it look, you know, very awesome and fucking intimidating. Right. Uh, and maybe exactly. they did that for some scenes, but it doesn't It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't it feel feels like very that, no. bleh. But... And then the human characters, you know, there's so much focus on uh, Millie Bobby Brown. And, you know, I like her. I love her as an yeah. actor. I think she's great. Uh, Stranger Things, obviously, is a very oh, fun amazing. show. And then she's she's gone on to do so much other stuff that's shown that she's a good actor. But, like, again, the human characters are just not developed, really, beyond textbook, like, characteristics right and so it's just kind of like they, they keep focusing on her and kyle chandler and i'm just like especially kyle chandler like i don't get why his character gets so much power in this movie he, he like walks into a military compound and like takes command it's like who the fuck are you you're yeah. a scientist <laughs> like yeah like yeah he's totally bossing people around and i do not i did not like his performance i thought no. he I don't know. It was a, it felt pretty lazy to me. I don't know. Like it felt like, all right, yeah, let's do this monster movie, and he just didn't know. I don't know. Like he he did the thing. He said the lines, and then he left. And maybe you know he's doing a better job than I could. But everybody else felt like they actually were their characters. He yeah. felt like he was acting. And so, I I would yeah I did not appreciate his his uh, performance. No, I, I agree. I, I wasn't too uh, too involved with that. I did like the only one I actually liked was Ken Watanabe. Um, yeah, he did. I mean, great. I also like I also like Thomas Middleditch, but that's you know Thomas wasn't really he was just being Thomas Middleditch, and that's yeah, that's just I, enjoyable. He really kind of I don't know. He was he was forgettable for me in this movie yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, he kind of is like he doesn't they 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 give him and they give Kyle Chandler and. You know all these like inconsequential characters. They give them stuff to do to right. make them important, but it's like, why are you the one to accomplish this goal? You know, like there's there's a moment when they're on like a ship or something, and there's like a door that's stuck, and it's like the door's stuck. It won't open. And Kyle Chandler just like takes off his seatbelt and he gets up and he's like, "Where's it at? I'll go get it." And it's like, why do you have to be the one to get it? There's like a thousand soldiers on this ship, and I'm sure <laughs> any one of them can open this damn door like right 
and I'm sure a lot of them are closer than the freaking front deck. <laughs> like, <laughs> why do you why do you have to be the one to solve this? Well, because on the main plot, we have to have to show it getting solved. So I'll go do it. Right. You know, there's they just didn't know how to use a lot of their characters, and then here comes Ken Watanabe, who is actually in gareth edwards 2014 right there's a couple other characters who came over yeah sally hawkins was that the character's name maybe sally hawkins yeah you're right uh as dr vivian graham she was in the first one those are the only two i remember because they're the uh, also admiral william stents uh played by uh david strathron i really enjoy him as a as an actor Everything I've seen in it, I thought he was pretty good. I haven't seen that many movies with Ken Watanabe, but I can also say the same thing. I always think he plays a very intriguing character. Yeah, I think so too. And I think I think he's the only one that I really felt anything for in this movie. Right. Because because the big the big controversy of this movie, the big like driving factor with the humans is should we kill the Titans or are there some who are good right. protectors for us? That's a good topic talk about because i think he should just kill the fucking titans because not yeah. only are they deadly to human life and other life on earth they're destructive of the earth to the point where it might not be freaking habitable for anything after a while right like they're radiation monsters some of them oh my god fuck that shit like we can't live with that this is they are from a time before we even existed we cannot do this but no. I guess they ch- they change that perspective on it um, when uh, later on in this movie, actually. So I shouldn't say that. But the argument is that they'll balance each other out by fighting yeah. each other. But that's going to like destroy cities and stuff, as we see in all these movies. Yeah. This, I guess besides Skull Con- Kong Island. And some of the fights, like there's a fight in this movie that are so destructive... That the city is most likely not inhabitable again for quite some time. Yes, never again. <laughs> and and like let's let's be honest. There's there's shit that happens to Godzilla in this movie that I'm like, all right, if this Godzilla fights King Kong, right, Kong ain't got no fucking chance. No man. chance. No chance. And so it so it kind of just made like the setup for the next movie like kind of a joke because it's like, come on now, yeah, <laughs> Kong's gonna no fight way. that no way yeah no way so also an argument for trying to live with the monsters does come from the Ghidorah storyline so Ghidorah is actually an alien while most of these these creatures are native to earth Ghidorah is an alien and hostile and wants to destroy everything and Godzilla is like the only thing that can destroy it so if it happened once, it could happen again. All right. All right. All right. That's fair. But why don't we, I don't know, <laughs> build our own Godzilla? <gasps> All right. I think we need closing statements. I think I think we need closing <laughs> statements now. We, we got to move on. Okay. Okay. I see what you're doing. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I still think it's a fun movie. Um, right. You know, I harp, I harp on it. It's it very boring uh, human characters, very kind of textbook plot line. Uh, they try to get you intrigued with the human characters, and they kind of work. You know, I, I kind of care for some of them, but 
for the most part, they're very inconsequential, and I just want to see Godzilla fight more monsters. And there's plenty of that in this movie. There is a lot of Godzilla fighting, and it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of good insight into his character and how like Godzilla is like a predator at times or a hunter. I don't know. It, it still gets the fun. It gets the scope of these creatures right. As you said, the designs are beautiful, and I give it two and a half stars. I, I recommend it, but it's it's not the most thrilling monster movie. Oh, I would argue that it is extremely thrilling. I mean, there's several several different uh, monster fights. Um, I I I do recognize your complaints with the movie, though. Uh, it is a full face movie. I do recommend it. If it, this face system I have is fairly open ended, I I will say as a clarification, if it's got a full face, I probably recommend that you see it. Otherwise, I'll say so because I think there is a couple movies that I was like, hey, this is a full face movie, but it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's been a couple times that I've said that. So anyhow, I think, yeah, go watch this movie. Like, it really gets the monster movie feel to it. But it's definitely over the top at times, too. Yeah. That brings us to our most recent film, available on HBO Max until the end of April. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah. Again, not to be not to be confused with 1962's King Kong versus Godzilla. That's right. Yes, <laughs> put that out of your mind right now. This is not that this movie. Is, this is not that. It's not that movie. What? It's different. Yeah, that movie inspired a lot of criticism and, and controversy because there is no clear winner at the end of it. Uh, I haven't watched the movie, but I have watched the fight because I like watching. I've I've grown to love watching monster battles. And so I've YouTubed a lot of the Godzilla fights, and they both just kind of fall into the water, and then King Kong emerges. So it's like King Kong is the victor, but he didn't really actually take down Godzilla. Godzilla lives in the water. Well, yeah, but this is 1962. (laughs) And so that, that, you know, this is the time of, like, Sherlock Holmes falls off a waterfall, and it's like, well, he's dead. And so it's kind of the same. It's the same here, where it's like they fell into the water, and it's like, oh, are they dead? And then King Kong rises, and it's like, oh, King Kong wins, and it's like, but did he? Like, Godzilla just kind of fell with them. Like, there's no clear victor. And obviously, I mean, come on, it, it, you you look at the two of them, and it's obvious <laughs> that Godzilla has to win. He has to. He has more like, muscle me- mass, for one. Like the the one thing he even has opposable thumbs. So, you know, like, there goes Kong's advantage right there. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. And, like, um, and like Kong, Kong isn't, like, his fur is penetrable, especially right. by atomic breath. Like, Oh, um, yeah, jeez. You know, oh, my Come God. on. I'm not, it's got to be. It's painful. But that's what this movie's about. This movie is... Uh, overcoming adversity okay so synopsize but i'll i'll set up with the the crew behind hand behind it all it's directed by adam wingard who he he mentioned that he is really excited to do this movie because it's he's allowed to do this just vomit blockbuster where you you know you just you just have as much fun as you want you don't worry about art and you know director style and everything you just entertain and then he's going to use this 
to hopefully build the movies that are more personal. You know, he's mentioned that he's hoping that this gives him the kind of status where he's able to go off and do these personal movies. And I got to say, like, I got some shit to say about Godzilla vs. Kong, but right. I am excited to see where he goes from here because he set himself up really well. Like, good job, Adam Wingard. It's a fun it's like, a fun movie, for sure. I enjoyed yeah, watching it. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah, I don't think this is his debut, but I'm sure he's, you know, done other stuff. The story is by Michael Doherty, who directed and wrote the last one. And Terry Rossio, but it's it was rewritten and mostly written by Eric Pearson, who did Thor Ragnarok, and mm. is doing the upcoming Black Widow. Co-wrote, co-wrote both of those, and Max Bernstein, uh, who was the writer of the previous three films in this franchise. He is he has at least ha- it has at least had the same hand of a writer throughout with Max Bernstein or Berenstein. Berenstein so Bear. Berenstein Bear, exactly, and it, so that's nice. It's nice knowing that there is one devoted fan who is, you know, staying true to all through all four of these films. Yeah, cool. Well, fuck yeah. So this movie, it is definitely told from the perspective of Kong. I don't, yeah. I don't care if anybody tells me different. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's one of the beauties. Is it's just like. The, the the director went in saying that he wanted to give both of them their own characters right the audience is you know both understands and has emotion for right. so i'm just like you know what you actually made me feel for kong and for you sure. made me i guess I'm, i mean i don't i don't honestly there's not really much paid attention to, to no godzilla. yeah i feel like godzilla yeah, kind there. of takes a back seat a little bit in this story yeah uh but he's had one other movie so you know they wanted to make it fair but anyways, okay, yeah. Kong, since Skull Island, Skull Island has been taken over by Monarch. And they have him in a colossal enclosure. And he knows it. Eventually, that makes them worry. So they start to transport him. I think that's the story. Across the sea. Uh, meanwhile, something's got uh, a bee in Godzilla's bonnet okay and uh he starts going crazy on uh just like out of nowhere it seems like to people and is just tearing through cities and towns yeah no reason in sight and eventually that leads to kong breaking free and they fight each other and there's some other really fun elements to this movie but that i think is the general synopsis of it's almost like the reverse of uh godzilla king of monsters where you know they awaken Ghidorah and it's like oh shit godzilla protect us well in this movie godzilla is just destroying people and they're like oh shit uh king kong you're a prisoner but will you protect us will you help (laughs) us and 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 we already know that kong is benevolent from the first movie and yeah. he, it's really cute. I really like the relationship he has with the deaf character. She's a child. Gia, played by our Kaylee Hoddle. She is really cute and very sympathetic and really connects with Kong because she's in the enclosure with him for some reason. Um, yeah, she's Well, she's the last of the, the people of that island, I believe. Right. I think that's true. I think too. they're I think they're the the Iwi people. But yeah, she's she's kind of been adopted by a scientist that's part of Monarch, Eileen Andrews, 
played by Rebecca Hall of when we were watching this, I couldn't for like for the first like 30 minutes. I was like, who the hell is this actor? Like I couldn't remember what yeah. uh, Rebecca Hall is from. And then I was like, I realized, oh, I'm not using my phone. I could just look it up on my phone. I'm not in the theaters. Right. <laughs> so I looked it up, and she's from The Prestige. She uh, plays oh, yeah. Christian Bale's wife in The Prestige. And, and she's entertaining. You know, again, we have another monster movie where they, they spend a lot of time trying to focus on the human characters, and not many of them are very inter- interesting. Like, Gia, yeah. I'm, I'm compelled by yeah. I like her relationship really... with Kong. Exactly. And his, his, his need to protect her is endearing and drives a lot of the action of the movie where you're just like how is Kong, is Kong going to try to save her or like is she in danger they don't really yeah. utilize that that well though I feel like there's moments where they could have utilized that much better sure <laughs> I I did like this might be a mild spoiler spoiler it's a mild spoiler Kong actually knows sign language and so he has been communicating with this girl and it takes a while for the scientists to figure that out that he knows language that's a really interesting moment too because all of a sudden they're like oh god he's a sentient thing and we got him shackled to a ship yeah and there's a lot of really good moments with kong like that like getting to to feel more like he's a person they really, they really humanize his character. You you relate to him a lot. Like you definitely are rooting for him in the battles with Godzilla, right. because I think that's that's kind of how Adam Wingard went into this. Was like, obviously Godzilla is going to win. Right. There's no match between what they have done with Godzilla, what they have set up his his height, his his build, the things he's taken on, versus King Kong. There's no fucking match. So I think they went into it knowing that. And so they built up this emotional connection with Kong to make it even more tense because it's like, even when they're fighting, even if you are rooting for Godzilla to win, you're just kind of like, oh, Kong, come on. You got to pull through. They really come need on, you right now, buddy. It. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's it really makes those fights a lot more intense. And so and they definitely try to even the scale out for the fights to make it believable. So, right. So what but, what else is there to talk about that's not spoilery? Hmm. Oh, I, we, maybe we should say that Kyle Chandler and Billy Bobby Brown still are there in this movie. They are in it, and their their story is, is just completely not needed. <laughs> yeah, Neither it's not needed. Uh, well, Kyle Chandler really isn't in the movie at all. No, he's kind of just there to turn around and look at the camera like, oh? <laughs> yeah, worry to worry about his daughter who's trying to go on an uh, adventure with... Uh, podcaster and uh, amateur sleuth Bernie Hayes, played by Brian Tier Henry. Yeah, we podcasters have the most wacky adventures, and she knew that we do. And yeah. she, yeah, she she jumped on board this conspiracy theorist podcaster's adventure ship, and they went off on a crazy adventure that went from wild areas with with monarch or whoever and then yeah shot them shot them miraculously to hong kong where they were needed to to do some story plot shit yeah and, and along the way wasn't necessary <laughs> no well i mean i guess it helped them save the day at the end but along the way they literally stumble onto every single plot device that they need to stumble upon right right yeah to save the day and it's it's just so ridiculous that i'm just like why are we going back to these characters let's just stop it 
come up with some other way for them to end this story. It's they're just a very shoehorned plot element that God, it was so ridiculous. I still like Millie Bobby Brown's performance and the other, the one, the person playing opposite of her, Josh. I'm not sure who it was. Yeah. I thought maybe his name was Josh. Yes. Played by Julian Dennison. Josh Valentine is his name. Oh, sure. Yeah. He he had a last name. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. He, she, he steals his brother's car or van to take Millie Bobby Brown on this adventure with this podcaster and he's just worried about things the whole time he's like why are we doing this he's that character um very trophy group really but bernie hayes the the podcaster uh tyree henry he's the voice of miles dad and spider-man into the spider-verse i i I mentioned when we were watching Uh i was like i think i recognize his voice from something and i was like i just don't know what it is and it was you know spider-verse i you know so okay, we watch partied this, and we had some like technical difficulties uh, in the beginning. Yeah, we we did that because we wanted Ronvald the Skull to be a part of this in some way. So shout out to our love, love you, Ronvald. Yeah, we were able to watch like half of it with him before technical right. details just yeah destroyed it, destroyed it. But before that, like on my end, I was having a really hard time of separating the movie sound from you guys oh man so i i was having trouble hearing either of it so it took me a while to figure out my settings for that so the introduction to bernie hayes when he's like being a detective walking around the monarch facility and getting his his spy uh, flash drive in the computer and shit (laughs) i could hardly hear what he was saying i feel bad because like i i didn't get a good taste of his performance and I, I maybe I should have went back and looked at it. So I, for that, I will apologize to Ryan Tyree Henry because I didn't get a good judge of your performance. Yeah, it's I mean, it's not. I don't know. I, I guess I guess I was affected by how we watched it, but I also wasn't really intrigued by his character in any way. He just right. kind of seemed like a, another character that's just like we need another trope to throw in there quick. This, you know, this crazy conspiracy nut. Yeah. And. I don't know. The whole Millie Bobby Brown subplot was just so annoying. Every time we went back to it, I'm like, no, go uh, back to Gia and King Kong and Godzilla. Yeah, please, and, and for the love of Mike. Weirdness. Yeah, but I don't know. There's there's so much like weird, unnecessary things in between the fun the fun battles, but I think I need to get behind a spoiler wall to talk some Let's do it. deeper into it. Build it. Ahoy! Hey, oh, there be spoilers ahead. Skip to hour one minute nine, uh, second ten, and then you'll be fine. Yeah. So the big shit that goes down is, as, as I said, obviously King Kong is going to lose to Godzilla. Like, it, it, right. it's just obvious. I'm sorry, all the all the King <laughs> Kong fans out there who were who were putting their their mad bets. I believe there are three Godzilla versus King Kong fights, and. The first one definitely ends with Godzilla winning. Right. Definitely. The humans are like, fuck, shut everything down. So Godzilla thinks we're all dead. And, you know, they, they kind of trick him into thinking he won via, the, you know, via the dead, sh- the, the, de- uh, the kill shot. The problem right. is Godzilla will double tap everything but King Kong for whatever fucking reason. I have a reason. I think ancient recognition, the two races knew each other. 
the god the godzilla yeah. creatures and they knew that in truth they are protectors of the earth both of them so he's like if you're gonna if you'll stop fighting me then i'll let you go and then he was cool i think you know godzilla godzilla has a, i feel a lot of of knowledge of the different creatures because he knew he had to go after Ghidorah, and at the end of that movie that all the other monsters are around him and all he has to do is like do this like shoulder triumph yell thing whatever he does <laughs> and the rest of the monsters are like yes king of monsters yes of course and they bow to him and they all bow to him yep yeah that's true and but that's the thing is Godzilla had to win in this movie also because if he lost to Kong, yeah. then he loses the King of Monsters title, and that's that would right. just be rude to that just be rude to Godzilla. Yeah. He just earned it after that's thirty right. some fucking movies. So yeah, I, I I can respect that. You do get a lot of that insight into their species and how they, as you said, they were protectors before uh, before times changed, right? Because you go into the hollow earth that's what this movie looks into is you you get into the hollow earth and how how there's this weird earth within earth and it it makes no sense it's ridiculous but it's it's fun campy and how they explore it is intriguing even though i was kind of drifting at that point and like my adhd brain was i loved it I don't know. My ADHD brain was just like starting to go to my phone at that point because I was just like, sure. "Yeah, cool, weird Earth. Uh, what's going on over here on Reddit?" And so <laughs> I was intrigued by it because they so they had dropped this Hollow Earth bullshit in King of Monsters, and then they talked about it very briefly. Actually, no, they do it in in Kong Skull Island too. They talk about it, so they've been teasing it the whole time. And then they, when they started mentioning it in this movie and we're in the we're doing the watch party, I was like, are they going to do Jules Verne? Are they going to do this, the, the center of the earth? Because I know <laughs> That's right. it's been done very recently, but I feel like it would fit in this world so well, though, like because they really go for a comical uh, kid friendly element and those the interpretations they've done. And I would like to see it done like this. I think this could, that could be really fun. Yeah, and you have a very, it's very Skull Island-esque, like the whole, right. the the atmosphere of Hollow Earth is, and you know, you get the feeling that that's where King Kong's kind used to live. Well, I think they even, they show that maybe. Oh, they do, Again. they do, yeah. There's like a temple and everything that they built. They had a whole society and a culture. Yeah, and he gets, his, he gets weapons to help him fight Godzilla, and their weapons yeah. made made from godzillas like <laughs> yeah, i thought that was geez. pretty cool because the the his axe that you know the that's in the trailer he has this glowing axe and the the stone used for it is one of the dorsal fins of a godzilla jeez so that's yeah. how that's how that's how later godzilla can charge it with his atomic breath yeah it's pretty cool yeah but that i mean that's the problem in this movie is it's very predictable though yeah one thing i didn't predict if i might say this is at the very end of it too is when that axe does get charged and he uses it for ways we'll talk about later but at the end of that fight kong drops it and it just shatters and that was like them be him being like i'm not gonna try to fight you if you don't try to fight me And and it ends in a draw even though they weren't fighting each other in that very moment but it yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it ends in a draw. 
you're right godzilla wins godzilla wins yeah godzilla definitely wins because it, it that's that's where it's like very predictable is you know they're gonna fight you know godzilla's gonna win but then you know something else is gonna happen and they're gonna have to team up and right. fight together because that's how all this shit always happens is it's like who's gonna win between x or y and it's just like oh here comes z and x and y have to fight together to beat z and it's just like right. they always cop out like that and that's what happens here is they have that second fight godzilla whoops king kong's ass again doesn't double tap and i respect your i expect your uh, opinion because i think that, that that makes a lot of sense that he he respects that king kong and his species were once a protector also and as long as king kong's willing to give up the fight he is willing right. to but they have another fight to uh that's going on because and even though we're behind a spoiler wall i feel like i have to say major spoilers ahead major spoilers if you if you really don't want to know anything skip forward to the end of the end of the spoiler wall right but yeah you get king or uh, yeah king Ghidorah again basically the humans are using the remaining skull of King Ghidorah somehow to pilot telepathically a monstrosity known as Mecha Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, it was great. I liked that. Oh man, I went I went like super fanboy giddy when when I saw it because it's just like the, the when they reveal it, it's just like this like slight shot of the the dorsal fin yeah it's like very metal and it's kind of like rising up the body and i was like wait a second I'm like no they didn't they did not fucking they do this did it they yeah, did, they did it. it and so this was actually one of the things that got uh slightly spoiled for me uh, yeah some it's guy, on the internets all over the internet yeah and it makes me so sad because uh some guy on youtube had put it in his uh video in his title of his video he, he had done a critic uh, a critique of godzilla versus king kong and he titled it like godzilla versus king kong mecha godzilla explained and i was just like oh man i was really hoping it was like, just like really, a, a post-credit scene it yeah. just came out yeah it, it pissed me off I, I left a scathing comment on there because it made me mad yeah and yeah <laughs> i showed him I just boss. But, uh, yeah, that, that really pissed me off. And that's why, you know, we're not going to do that kind of shit. Uh, we will spoil some shit every now and then, I'm sure. Obviously, but, we, we just spoiled that, but we did so behind a spoiler wall. So, yeah, fuck we, yourself, we like you to warn you guys, our potatoes. Yeah. So, that's why we'll hurt better. We're the best. <laughs> Green and faceless kings of podcasting. <laughs> uh, well, who's really king is king Ghidorah because uh that shit short circuits yeah and like i i didn't really understand if king Ghidorah was operating it or if it just short circuited and it it went to like base function which is just destroy no i think it was Ghidorah. i i'm all 100 <laughs> percent on that Ghidorah storyline Ghidorah is a strong soul and they fucked around with his his dead meat and he was like, oh, oh you thought I was dead dead? I mean, I am, but my brain good. <laughs> <laughs> and it wiped the fucking floor with Godzilla. That was yeah. so funny. Uh, oh, that dude, final scene. That heat beam is fucking cool. Like, they, like, you could tell that 
it's a mechanical source and everything and oh but what okay so now that we're bringing up mechagodzilla we should talk the storyline behind it kind of dumb i'll i'll go with that um yeah yeah it, it it needed more it needed more development for it to work i feel like um but i mean it did the job it needed to do introduced why the mechagodzilla needs to be taken down and i would have liked to seen a little bit i would have liked to seen a scene where it was being controlled by that pilot before it got taken over by Ghidorah. Yeah. I think there was. I think there was one oh, scene it was. where it was just yeah, where it was just by itself for like fifteen minutes and then it, it got supercharged by Hollow Earth. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I missed yeah. that. But anyhow, maybe maybe another scene. Like I would have liked to have seen the human pilot fight against Godzilla. Uh, at least to the extent like we could see oh man this could be a viable oh, yeah. way for humans to uh survive against these colossals yeah and then it then it goes wrong i think that story would have been more compelling well that story is ex- <laughs> it's focused on more in pacific rim <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> But I, I agree with you. That would have been much more compelling if they had done that. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know to the extent that we see the human operator. I don't think he fights anything really. I think it's just like no. showing how he how he controls things. Um, I don't even know if I can remember his name, the character's name. No, nah, I, I don't. Honestly, I don't either. Because it's there is the only like side character that I remember is Lance Reddick because he's from Fringe. I don't remember his character at all in this movie, but I remember he made an appearance. <laughs> That's <because> right. I, <laughs> I remember we were both like, oh, it's that guy from Fringe. <laughs> oh my god. But I, I don't remember what he does in this movie at all. <laughs> I don't either. Not at all. <laughs> this whole movie is just like already out of my head except for the monster fight scenes. And that's how it should be. That's how it that's should really be. That's really how it should be. That's You're right. You're right. Yeah. Anyhow... I think what we were trying to get to is that Kong has to help uh, Godzilla defeat Mechagodzilla. And um, they do so by doing tag team wrestling moves. And it's pretty awesome. (laughs) And uh, John Cena comes in and he tries to tackle one of the monsters. And they're like, no, you you too small. And they kick him. You're too tiny. (laughs) (laughs) And they bring all the stories together too. They they try to bring it like to make it like look everything mattered. You know, Gia is the one who tells Kong. It's like it, she comes up and signs to him. It's like uh, Godzilla is not your enemy. You know, mm-hmm. go fight the big giant metal monster. That's your enemy. And Godzilla or King Kong's like, okay, I'll do it. All right. And and Millie Bobby Brown and her sidekicks like they pour coffee on some machinery that short circuits Mechagodzilla. Yeah. So they oh they make that storyline matter because they're just like, "Oh, huh, they really don't do shit at all except stumble on all the answers, do they?" Oh man. Like here. I'll I'll have them save the day by pouring coffee. No, they they pour whiskey. It's whiskey onto the Right. Onto yeah, the because um Bernie carries a flask. Yeah, it's a it's a brand drop, I believe. I can't remember what the brand is though. I don't know. 
I'm I'm willing to drop the spoiler wall and talk closing statements if you are. I, I think I think I got. Ah, shit! I had one more thing to say. Oh, so I just wanted to say, for because I don't think it's really evident because the storyline for Mechagodzilla is so strange. Um, that is the reason why Godzilla got all, you know, all oh, mean right, right, <laughs> and, and started wrecking shit because he he was mad at the humans for trying to make a rival for him and he's and he could tell he tell they were messing around with Ghidorah what was happening they knew ah see i didn't i don't think i even caught that i don't think i i was just like yeah godzilla just gets mad sometimes yeah yeah i think there was a scene that was cut or something that might have explained it explicitly but yeah i think that's why he was getting mad is because that makes sense yeah I think the next one though is gonna have some Jaegers in it, and they're gonna Ooh. yeah, and they're gonna try. I, I guess Gundam's probably more appropriate because uh, I think that's more yeah Jaegers is Pacific Rim yeah. They I mean they might just make Pacific Rim part of Godzilla and just do Pacific Rim versus Godzilla. <laughs> oh man, that would be so strange because then they have to That'd morph. They gotta have some explanation why the ki- the kaiju rift the uh, pacific rim or whatever they call it, it exists in the godzilla well, world now maybe a new maybe a new riff opens up and it opens up onto the godzilla world oh did shit it. oh did there it. you go there. Okay, hey there's a new riff we better go check it out come pay me legendary i'm here <laughs> the atlantic rim <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> all right yeah let's take all that but uh yeah to close on godzilla versus king kong not not king kong versus godzilla godzilla versus, godzilla king, versus kong. king kong god damn it <laughs> 2021 <laughs> it's it's a fun it's another it's another fun monster movie i you know uh it's on par with king of monsters i gave it two and a half stars it's thrilling fun entertainment really boring side characters that we constantly go back to and really irritated me whenever we went uh, back to them because it would, there would always be that really fun monster scene and i'm just like yeah this is great and i'm enjoying it and it's like fucking kill him it could have been all monsters it could have been yeah but no it's it, it really could be that's what i want i want i literally just want a monster movie where the directors realize and this is my version of a monster movie whoever wants to pay me for it you know, get me to write a script and everything. I'm all ears. But I just want a monster movie where your only interaction with the humans is just like they are literally just ants. You don't even focus on them. Right. You use them you use them to create scope. You use them to show when the monster kills something, you see all these people dying too, and it's just like you you use it to relate to how powerful this is. But I want the whole movie to just focus on the monsters. I don't even want there to be dialogue. Unless the monsters can talk. No, I don't want the monsters <laughs> to talk. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. I just want it to be I want it to be like the Planet of the Apes, the the more recent yeah. one, which I know the I know the apes talk, but I want it to be like that where it's, you know, just you just look into the characters of these these monsters. And yes, they are fighting, but there are characters beneath them, as this movie showed with Kong, which I thought was really well done um you know i really do like what they what they did with king kong here and there are some great uh moments where you see the scope of godzilla where he's like in the background just destroying shit 
and I really liked how it looked, but I don't think it has the same scope as uh, King of Monsters in that regard. But still fun, still really, really uh, yeah. riveting fights with Kaiju that I was all on board for. Yeah, I I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, I I give the movie a full face. I would say that this particular movie does a great job of making you feel for uh, one monster in particular. Anyways, you didn't even get that in, in Kong Skull Island. And I think they did a good job in that movie of focusing on the monster. Uh, so, yeah, all in all, good movie worth watching. But like you said, side characters were kind of blah. But who wins? Who wins the triumvirate? It seems like we might disagree. I, I don't know though. We'll we'll just see. I yeah. I honestly wanted to give it to uh, King of Monsters because there's just so many monsters, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know that might not be the most um, uh, critical view. Uh, of these three movies one entertains you but yeah i was really thoroughly entertained for king of monsters and honestly like i think that i also identify with kong more and he's not in that movie like i i definitely like what they did with king kong in that last movie but kong sky skull island is also a legitimately good movie but i like other king kong movies more like i like that peter jackson one more that's right i think it's i think i give it to to king of monsters i we do disagree i give it to skull island i think king of monsters is great for the fights i think they are a lot of fun but i think there's a lot of fun fights in skull island and the characters are compelling i really do actually care about those soldiers some of them Fair enough. And John C. Riley's great. I love him in that movie. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. like, I love his, like, you know, I, I love, uh, what, what's that show with Steve Brule? Uh, his, his one show. Oh, I don't know. Dang it. I think I, wait, I might have written it down. <laughs> I will find it. Check it out. Check it out with Steve Brule. All right. Uh, yeah. He plays this. It's just one of, uh, John C. Riley's just ridiculous characters. <laughs> uh, it's just absolutely silly comedy that I love, and I, I love so him funny. being able. Yeah, I love him being able to be a comedian, and he's yeah. just great in Skull Island. And but he's a good actor yeah, too. I mean, like he's good at doing straight roles too. But it always has just a little undertone of of goofiness because yeah. he's just he's John C. Riley. I don't know what yeah. else to say. And it's great. It's yeah. great. I love it. I mean, all three of these movies are worth it for a monster beat em up, but I don't know. Just watching watching Skull Island again, like when when there's a moment where he throws a tree through a helicopter, like I was just like I jumped off my couch, like oh fuck yeah! <laughs> I was like yeah. I was fueled. I was so pumped when that happened. I was like hell yeah, yeah Skull. He, I agree. So I kind of agree with you that that is the better of the three movies as a movie, but. For some reason, and and it could just be because I'd seen this movie before, and when I watched it, I was a little disappointed. But I was super pumped the whole time for King of Monsters, even though I yeah. I disliked the main character. 
Uh, but like, <laughs> I even thought the storyline was good. You know, it was a predictable, predictable storyline. I knew exactly who was going to betray who uh, before it happened. I'm just glad they didn't save that for the end of the movie because that yeah. would have been, I'm like, okay, yeah, what a twist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, you got me. Yeah. Uh, but just watching Godzilla go through these people, and also Monarch is an actual component to the story, whereas, yeah. like, it's such a, like, they get them to the island in Skull Island. And in the, the movie before that, they're just they're just there. And yeah. so I, I'm just happy that that storyline actually came to fruition in, in this part. Like, I think that might be one thing that's pretty cool about why that guy from Cabin in the Woods, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, is in this movie, is because it kind of gives it a feel like there's this dynamic that's always existed in this company. And uh, I think they do a good job of that. And also the scenes underwater where they explain some shit about Godzilla's background. Good stuff. Yeah. It ticked all the boxes for me. I really enjoyed it. I'll watch it all the way through. Yeah. That temple set design too is pretty freaking great. Yeah, it is. I will, I will admit that some of the the background details in in King of Monsters is really well done. Yeah. So we disagree. That's okay. We can do that. Okay. Yeah. Because we're America, damn it. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in America. We're humans. That's, we're, what, that's where it really comes we down are? to. We are? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's news to me. You got to be more on top on it. <laughs> I Oh, are you saying that... Oh, did I just blow the cover? I mean, I thought they knew. Yeah, the government. I thought the potatoes. The government. I mean, well, yeah, they do, but the government wants us to like every now and then. They want us to think. Okay. They want us to make it think it's a joke. Oh, all right. I see. Okay, we are really human beings. Yeah. And um, we live in Indiana in neighborhoods, and um, we drive cars to our nine to five yep is that am i saying that right yeah nine to five yeah yeah okay well that's our show (laughs) i've been the faceless (laughs) leon and i'm the green traveler from gorge yeah yeah save travels (laughs) it's just a joke yeah there's no place called gorge don't go save travels in your solar maps (laughs) and good night (laughs) Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19 if you like the show please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts like, follow, subscribe wherever you might listen we also now have a Patreon account if you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner Please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.